Who would you want to quarterback this one? Those two tired than I did last week. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. I'm um, guessing today pretty much consists of uh, uh, World's Review and cards beginning with T. Is it T? Wait, Q? R? 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 C's for Crocodile. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. But if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the first, but it could be the last. We're unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Okay. Do you want to do you want to say hello to everybody? Well, I was going to Dave, but I didn't want to didn't want to rush into it and get too committed too early on because then they're going to call me back and it's just going to get complicated. Uh, hello and welcome <laughs> to hello and welcome to episode eighteen. That's right, eighteen one eight. We're old enough to drink on banter behind the throne now. Uh, and that hasn't stopped. That's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it's here. Uh, no more sitting on park benches. We can go into the pubs. Uh, we're here now with episode 18. Today we are going to be talking to Mr. Dave Bamford. Hello. And Mr. Lowell Craven. Hello. About various experiences at Worlds. Obviously, mainly Dave on the Worlds experience. Um, and we're also going to be looking at our favorite cards, beginning with the letter R, as R is a good letter. I, I like R. And also, it's the next sequentially in the order of the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Sequential ordering is always useful. And um, who the right Joffrey Baratheon is? Oh yes, yes. And we're, we're gonna, gonna answer that question for Mitch. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's rare. There's no Spice Girls questions related this week, actually. Um, no, we haven't it's... asked for any, have we? <laughs> no, well, it's we've probably been well for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So main news today, we've got Dave back, who has recently come back from a trip. I can't quite remember where he went, but I'm sure he's going to tell us all about it. Uh, I believe he went to America, Dave? Did go to America. It's really <laughs> far. It is very far away. Did you, uh, what, were you, what were you doing in America, Dave? Was it something to do with Worlds? It was Worlds. I went to Worlds to play Thrones for, for, <laughs> for five how tired. How tired you <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. It's Wednesday, <laughs> and I jet-lagged as shit. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. I've I've only got two more days work until I have a busy weekend. <laughs> and it's really Starlet next weekend. I should be awake by Starlet. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah, I went to Minnesota to play cards. I wanted to play in five Thrones tournaments, but I only made four because I was too tired on the Sunday. Um, so sorry for letting everyone down. What was uh, this one you missed? I missed the second edition melee. Oh, fuck that anyway. Uh, which I, I got up at about 8 o'clock. No, I, I got up at 10 to 8. I spent about 20 minutes just kind of lying there saying, I don't want to do this. Uh, I had a shower and went downstairs and Jakob Holtman looked very ill. So we... And Andreas was still in bed, so we decided just to go back to bed. And that was lovely. I got up at 1 o'clock and felt much better. Brilliant. Um, I would have done exactly so, the same thing. So shall I do my tournament report in reverse order from Sunday to Wednesday as I've started on Sunday? No. Yeah, Let's get progressively more kind of enthusiastic. So pick whatever order that needs to be in. <laughs> yeah, do the... I, I'm just going to start with Wednesday. It's easier that way. Yeah, well, or do it in order. Sequential order. Sequential order. Okay, in fact, I'm going to start with Tuesday. Tuesday's the day I left to go to Worlds. 
I had a really long flight. It was really boring. I did watch Ted 2, which was better than I expected. What did um, you do for the other, like, wasn't seven great. hours? <laughs> uh, I watched some, uh, you know, John Oliver, the mm. British comedian who's made it big in America and nobody knows who he is in Britain. Oh, He's in um, Unity. He plays yes, like, yes. the psychology professor. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, a This Week in News kind of show on HBO. Yeah. Uh, I watched a couple of episodes of that, and that was all right. But then he referenced some, like, British things and got it wrong. Well, I was just like, this is just silly. Or, like, made light of them in a way that he should know better. And what so I lost a lot of respect for him with that. <laughs> um, fuck that guy. He was, like, criticising the House of Lords. I was like, fuck you, House of Lords is awesome. Okay. Well, contentious. Uh, We've yeah. got a lot of left-wing listeners, Dave. We may <laughs> not agree with you. <laughs> um, Moving on. Yeah. Uh, so the Tuesday was pretty shit. Uh, there was, like, a little mini 2.0 tournament, which I didn't enter because I got there late. Um, Evan Saw went 4 and 0. Um, oh, good on Evan. Yeah, but unfortunately he didn't win based on tiebreakers, which was shit. So, what? fuck you, whoever organised that. He was undefeated and <laughs> didn't win. Yeah, there were two people who were 4 and 0, and the other guy won. And I just, oh, like, I see. Why don't you not just have a tiebreaker? Like, why, why don't you just yeah. not have a final if there's two people on 4 and 0? That's yeah, basically just play Tony. Yeah, yeah it was, I think it was just two of them as well. Oh, it's silly. It's silly. So Evan, yeah. Evan's the people's champion for that that tournament. Yeah. Uh, Evan the rock of being, this scenario. being part of Team Europe. Uh, Thrones players that went was Evan and his girlfriend Alex. Uh, Tagore came along at some point. Jakob and uh, Andreas from Sweden. Uh, Dave Dave from Germany. Um, Martin Hoffman from Austria. Uh, Leplon and Quentin from France. It was quite a nice little crew. Uh, some of them didn't play just Thrones. Some of them played other things, but it was quite nice. Uh, so the first day was Joust. No, that's a lie. It was Draft. Um, and before it started, they announced that we were going to play the Game of Thrones Draft Melee. And that would put the fear of God into everyone. Uh, so I don't think I've played Draft Melee before, but I can imagine the rounds are going to go like four hours. So there's absolutely no rush in those, uh, those draft pools. Um, but we drafted... The Westeros cycle and then the uh, Ice and Fire draft set. Yeah. Uh, so you do three rounds, then you redraft according to your Swiss placement. Uh, do three more rounds, and then you go to a cut uh, top eight. Um, in my first round, I met a man called uh, Dan Ack, uh, who told me he was from Texas, but he lied. He's actually from DC. He just moved to Texas. So straight up, I played a DC player first round, um, and I beat him. Uh, and then I went two and one in that pod, uh, which was fun. I had drafted Baratheon and Stark, and it was kind of rubbish. Um, yeah, it wasn't a very fun deck to play. It just kind of won some challenges sometimes. That is <laughs> the most boring combination of houses you can imagine. Yeah, it really wasn't very fun. Uh, it, had enthusiasm. Like, it had none of the banter, uh, banter barra cards or anything like that. It was just efficient Stark cards and- Shitty, boring barra cards. Yeah, I I don't have much enthusiasm <laughs> deck at all. I drafted uh, Daenerys, but it was like my 40th pick, so it was way too late to move to Targ. So that was that's just a fuck you pick, wasn't it? Like no one's having this. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I wasn't letting anyone have Daenerys. Um, yeah. James Speck from SoCal drafted Daenerys and on Raven's Wings, which allowed him to search for her and put her into play plot phase turn one. 
Which yeah. was dirty. He went three and zero in his pod. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I went. I went two and one in that pod. Got reseeded. And the first game was against Chad Jamnick, who told me he was from Wisconsin, but he lied. He was from DC. So you see, there's to be a theme here of playing DC players who are liars. But Chad, Chad, along with Dan, was lovely. Um, but he had a two card setup. Uh, to uh, got a shadows guy and a. Uh, a three gold no a shadows card and a three gold character, so I opened with search and detain, and he had a right sad time of it. You piece of shit, Dave. <laughs> uh, I drafted an absolute bum block deck. I had a I had that and um, negotiations, which actually backfired more times than it was good because I had two copies of Maraxis and like a dirty amount of draw in my plot deck in that one. I drafted a uh, Targaryen and Martell the second time round. Um. So, yeah, that, that deck was much better, much more fun. But I then played against Jakob and got a timed win. Uh, although it was a matter, I think it was only a matter of time until I grinded it out. I had so much renown. Um, and then I played Chris Thompson, who had drafted a Valor, which made me incredibly sad. And he actually played no agenda. Like, his Lannister deck had so much kneel in it. It just, it was heartbreaking. It was like playing against Barra Fealty. Like, it was just the best deck in the format. And I had, I couldn't do anything. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I went four and two. Um, I had a mod win and a mod loss, and uh, I finished the draft at eleventh. So I missed the cut, but I got a play mat, which is nice. I think I was only one of three people to get all three play mats for the first edition. Yeah, that's so pretty that's impressive. Pretty... It's a dragon one, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's Viserion for the draft, Rhaegal for the melee, and Drogon from the joust. And the Drogon Lovely. is sexy. It's so sexy. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we actually hit the sack early um, on the Wednesday because we were dying from the flight still. Um, yeah. On the Thursday was the joust. Uh, the draft, of course, was run by uh, Ryan Jones, who is a big fan of the cast. Within about 30 seconds of realising who I was, he was giving me a big hug and telling me he loved the cast. So I was a big fan of him. And the rest of Southern California were just as friendly. So that was cool. Um yeah, uh, the joust was fun. I had a bye round one, so Jacob and I and Leplant just and Dave Dave just sat about, uh, did a little bit of scouting. Um, then uh, I went, I went up to five and zero, oh, which was cool. I beat a Barra aloof choke deck, which had me counting zero gold for the first two rounds. Goodness. Um, and then I just turned it when I managed to get uh, stuff like I got a game of Savas off, and um, and then my Fury of the Sun hits. Uh, I was playing House Dreams Door and Solar for those who weren't aware. Um, I ran out of sixty-one cards deliberately for the banter, um, and it was running Venomous Blade as a restricted card. Uh, the is the deck I played at the um, Paramore Invitational, which I won. Uh, then Wedge told me to take out Gaston Grey, and he was wise. Um, then Whammer fixed the deck even more, gave it to Dark Nodge and Drakey, and they made it really good. Um, um, but a couple of days before Worlds, Whammer said he was very excited about it, so I decided to play it. Um, cool. But yeah, I played Lucas Sidlaski playing uh, Barrett Aloof Choke. Um, yeah, I turned it with a couple of uh, Savasses and uh, um, Fury of the Sun, and eventually just... Um, Managed to keep his board and under control, killing his prized characters, uh, and it was pretty tasty. So I went it on worked. to play to play Sam Bratz, the reigning 
world champ who's playing Lanny Aloof with Fear of Winter, and that was a clansman deck. Um, he set up a, like a clansman weenie with uh, Tywin's favor on it. The discard yeah. attached character to get four gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, he's going to vomit out dudes. So I opened with like uh, Time for Ravens or something, and he opened with Blockade. I was like, oh, bollocks. So he had quite a big first turn, but I still managed to get some weenies out because I had some decent economy. And he was playing the classic Euro Knights plot deck, you know, Blockade, uh, First Snow, Fear of Winter, yeah. Rule by Decree. Um, now, my deck doesn't care about Rule by Decree because even if I chuck 16 cards, I'm still going to have eight, uh, 8 by marshalling. So obviously, yeah. I'll, I'll draw and I'll draw from Doran Solo. Uh, so it's not really an issue. But um, a couple of well-timed Game of Savasses. I got two Savas in my first hand. Uh, so I was managed to t- like put both his big guys back in his hand. Um, just keep the pressure up. Uh, and it got to the point where he was really relying on um, Gunther. You know the guy who refills your hand? Yeah, Gun, yeah, son of Gurn. Yeah, Gunther, son of Gurn. Uh, where if you win a challenge with him, you can uh, draw up to, ignoring the draw cap, draw up to however many cards your opponent has in hand, which was a lot. Uh, and the first turn he played yeah. him, I Sebastian. That's such a good card. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the, first time I, he, the first turn he played him, I cancelled his response with, he calls it thinking, obviously. This, uh, the second turn he had him out, he got Game of Savast. And then he played Fear of Winter, played Gunther, and, you know, he's just like, right, okay, let's do this, let's draw. Uh, and I had cold hands in my hand, so. Oh, Bye. goodness. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I won that yeah, game. See ya. I won that game 15-0. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> um, so, so I went on. Then I was at top table, which was pretty wonderful. I played Marty McCoy from uh, Kentucky. He's playing Targair, but I managed to outrush him and win on turn three, which is pretty intense. Um, this is the only time I could have played Bandit of Summer, which was in my deck. Uh, if it's Summer yeah. and you play Bandit of Summer from your hand, discard a Targ or um, Martel location. And uh, yeah, he only had Carl Drogo's tent, so I, I just didn't bother, which is pretty depressing. Um, so I beat him. I played Ryan Leonard, who is also from... Oh, Sam Bratz was from DC, that he said was constant, but I knew who he was, so I was like, that's really DC? Don't lie to me. Uh, and then I played Ryan Leonard, who was also playing Lanny Aloof, Fear, Klansman, and he said he was with constant, and I was like, well, you're from the same era as Sam Bratz, so clearly you're also DC. You're all a bunch of liars. Uh, but he was also lovely. Um, and uh, but this time I, I saw the Tywin's favour trick, turn one, so I opened with Valor. Uh, so he had like a flea bottom and no gold from blockade and I had no gold from blockade plus a um a shit ton of reducers. So I came out pretty well out of that. You came out better. This is a problem, yeah. isn't it? I guess that they say you're gonna have to well they've obviously done alright a bit in the past, but you play one of their decks, if they've all if they've group built them and it's got tricks in it, you're gonna know, aren't you? Yep. So I, I saw the coming. saw the blockade coming a mile away. I was like, Do you have any people actions? Nope. Sweet Valor. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was pretty pretty fun. Um, on his uh, on his Fear of Winter turn, he, he stole my Southern Mercs with a Seductive Promise, which was pretty terrifying. Ooh. Uh, but I had enough renown to just close it out that, get, that turn anyway, which is fine. So that's good. Um, yeah. My phone keeps locking itself. So I forget who I play. Uh, then I played Dan Kid Seafelt. 
who's the guy who designed Time for Wolves. Um, okay. Yeah, he was playing the House of Dreams Harrenhal build, but it was a more aggressive version with loads of two claim plots and Fear of Winter. Uh, I got a one-card setup, which okay. was a Bandit of Summer, so not exactly a good card. Uh, and then I made it Summer, and I played Dor- uh, Dornish Hermitage, and then I played my second Bandit of Summer and discarded my Hermitage. So that didn't go very well turn one. Uh, no, it doesn't sound the best. <laughs> three cards in play, one of which is a Raven. Um, yeah, well, he uh, just stomped me to the ground. It was disgusting. Uh, but I did manage to uh, cancel some of his saves by popping hey. a Dornish, uh, uh, Oberyn Shieldbearer pre-plot to cancel his duped Rob, his Nymeriad, uh Jorah, and his Harrenhal trigger off my Valor. So that was pretty satisfying. Um, yeah, and then I played Cameron Davison, who was playing Stark No Agenda with Mage to go grab all his nasty defense locations um, with Mage with mirrors restricted, and that just went badly. He started off more aggressively, and I had a sad time. Uh, but I made the cut. I made the cut at eighth. I was not the top Martel because Tagore had a mod loss, so fuck you, Tagore. Um, <laughs> I played against Ryan Leonard again. Who uh, yeah. who was playing the uh, Lanny Aloof deck, um, and again this time I opened with Taken Captive, uh, which was pretty sweet. So although I couldn't play much turn one, I could at least nick one of his characters turn two, um, and I just outplayed him in plots completely. Like on his um, was there something on the board post setup then that you saw that you wanted, or was yeah, you just banking was, on there being? Something? It was uh, Cella, sort of check. I was like, I'll have her. She's nice. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think, what well, I think I, I valid turn two because he had quite a lot out. Uh, and even though she was duped, he elected not to save her, so I couldn't steal her. So I thought that works okay. for me. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've just outplayed him in plots. Like, when he played his Fear of Winter, I flipped out the gates to go get the Maester of the Sun. And then used my one card to play the Conclave. Um, yeah, that's good. And it was summer, so... And the gates is great for that. Yeah, it was summer, so I could... Uh, keep a bit of a board with the Maester of the Sun so yeah it was just alright, uh, it got to the point where he had like two characters on his uh, on my To the Spears turn and I had three renowned, three Tricon renowned characters I was just like no, yeah there's nothing you can do <laughs> basically yeah. he's like how many cards have you got in hand? Three so I could just give all my characters their last icon with Dornish Hermitage beautiful stuff yeah so I made it to the top eight, and unfortunately I had to play Seth, who has been mentioned on this podcast before as uh, someone who, well, he didn't really get on together online, <sighs> criticised us a little bit. Um, yes. And that's on the stream if you want to watch it. Uh, but he was playing the Stark of Dreams Harrenhal build with um, Cities and Narrow Escape. And I realised that I needed to reset early before he got Narrow Escape, um, because otherwise my Valor's going to be useless, essentially. Um, and he's yes. going to be able to keep board presence with all those cheap start characters and the cities. So I elected to um, drop. I, I went to get the Bluebird turn one, so he couldn't get Lewin. Um, and then I dropped Ariane and hit his hand. And at the end of turn one, he had about seven or eight characters, uh, but only two cards in hand. So I thought, you know what, I'll, uh, I'll risk it. I dropped my Valor. Uh, he didn't have Narrow Escape in his hand. But he did get it off the Harrenhal trigger from the Valor. Oh. 
so he narrow escaped it. I had to pitch my hand and lost a lot of good cards. Um, but yeah, and then I just couldn't get it back from there. It was pretty brutal. I still I think that, a reasonable defense, but I uh, yeah. The way you've did. explained it, I can't see you. that seemed like the best option you had. Yeah, you he, just lost out to the top decking roll of the dice. Well, yeah, I mean, he had two cards in hand plus a choice of three, so really he had five cards in hand. Not yeah. a ter- not terrible odds, but I thought, fuck it, let's see what happens. Um, annoyingly, right afterwards, I drew. He calls it thinking, which would have caused cancelled the Harren Hall. Yeah, um, and I drew a water garden. So they weren't the great cut. Car- they weren't great cards to um, come back into it with. To come back into it with no. And he had a load of cheap characters in hand still, which was a shame. Um, but yeah, I had to do it before Rob got rolling. Um, you know, with all the direwolves and stuff. So I'd have just yeah. wrecked. He had Vyman on setup, who absolutely destroyed. Uh, until I could make it summer, he would destroy uh, games of ass and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it had just been a sad time. Um, oh, dear. I yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was worth playing the game, though, because it was quite good uh, banter. Uh, I sat down and I said, look, Seth, my deck is not the most optimal it could be. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not as inefficient. And he's just like, well, why isn't it? Well, it's like, banter. Yeah. Like, 61 <laughs> cards. There's two cards you would des- definitely unappro- disapprove of. And there's one out-of-house card. And he was well, like, I loved it when you set up. Fuck? He had to read one of them, didn't he? Yeah, he was Bandit of Summer and he just goes, what the hell is that? And grabbed it, <laughs> looked at it and was just like, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then at turn one, he picks my uh, Dragonbone Dagger off the injury challenge and just looks at me just like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on with your deck? Yeah. I did notice he, uh, that intrigue challenge where you, he picked the Dragonbone Dagger and it was just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, sh- why are you playing this? Like, well, yeah, because it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it used to be so good in the old build when you could, at the end, just put it on the Viper to close. Ah, four strength deadly Viper. Hello. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Corey and he did say in the end they did like my deck. So that and Simonian some others. So that was fine. But they they thought the Bandit of Summer was too far. But the Dragonbow Dagger was good. So I did get some praise from DC, which I guess was nice. Um, so yeah, then I went and got rat-assed. Uh, there's a really terrible selfie of me and Seth in the bar, which will not see the light of day. Um, oh. Are you kissing? We're not kissing, no. It's just oh. a shit photo. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. That will, that will stay locked away forever. Um, the next day was the melee. I played Barrett Stewards again. The, uh, I played at Starlek last year. Whamma built it. I showed it to Vince a couple of weeks ago and he sat up and made it decent, well, better. Um, adding all those, you know, nice mellow touches. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then just giving me a mellow primer on, like, titles and what to do and stuff, which is really, really useful. Uh, I won my first game. Uh, I managed to I went a bit hard early. People picked on me a bit, but then uh, the graduate player, Patrick Haynes, who's a fan of the cast we've spoken to before, um, he uh, he went a bit harder afterwards. I managed to stop him with the cheeky nightmares, but uh, he was looking in a place to win it, and I drew a Kings of the, Knights of the Storm and a Stannis. So I marshaled last, made myself first player. Nobody had any lords, so I'll just win it. Cheers, guys. Off you went. Uh, yeah, so I was I was doing pretty well. Um, 
they decided to do Swiss pairings for melee, which is not good uh, because you don't want to because it it, just, it doesn't give many you know undefeated people or anything. Obviously, it yeah because when you yeah, I'm I'm not the best person to explain why Swiss melee is good, bad, but it is. So for the second round they did it, and then when we told them they uh, uh they did random pairings for the last round, which was good. Uh, oh, but okay. I, second table, uh, I was beaten by Chad Jamnik from DC, who I had beaten in the draft. Uh, but I came second, so I had pretty decent points. Uh, not much to say about that deck, other than I stole a Euron with Grit. Um, hmm. Using first what? ranger, yes, uh, and it was on my Harren Hall turn, so I just immediately <laughs> knocked him off to Harren. Uh, not Harren Hall, uh, my aftermath turn, so I just knocked him off to aftermath straight away. Oh, that's that no way. That's fine. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I, I chucked him. That's my favourite play. Like that's it. I, that's I no way for a man to die. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got discarded. Um, it was a quite a tough game because he had Balon's host from turn one. Uh, the DC melee deck of choice was Greyjoy aloof with. Make an example and searching for the host turn one, um, mm-hmm. and then a few others were playing target. Um, yeah, so he won that, and I, I came second. Uh, and I moved on to a final table, a, th- a three-person table, table with a uh, Brit Fitch and Steve Simone. And uh, it was good. It was Steve was playing the Greyjoy Luf deck, and uh, Brit was playing uh, Targ Hollow Hill. But it wasn't the same kind of build that Jakob was playing. It was a bit more of a general Bernie ambush build. It didn't run Rainus's by the looks of it. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah, I managed to get quite a decent power lead. Um, Steve was trying to convince me to let him get unopposed challenges so he could get lots of points and then just make the cut. Uh, and I didn't trust him that he had no make an example in hand. So sorry, Steve. <laughs> have an example in hand. Um, but yeah, I got to use uh, Songs of Bale the Bard to give the uh, King Balon's host the Night's Watch trait. And then I stole that with the grip. And yes. that was beautiful. And it was duped as well. It yes. Salt into the wounds. Um, so that stopped everyone else getting renown or like deadly or anything, which is pretty satisfying. Uh, yeah. And I won that table. So I made the cut at fourth, which is pretty sweet. It was uh, Andreas was undefeated. He was playing the no agenda viper Harrenhal bomb that's been making nice. the rounds in France. Um, so, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, you you want to trigger a reducer? Nope, everyone dies. Uh, <laughs> which is pretty beautiful. Because it's like Marshall last, murder everything, bring out Ar- Ariana sh- out of shadows to drop the mercs in with, uh, with the uh, city plot. It's just, it's wonderful. Uh, he, he's pretty funny. He, he was undefeated, and he, uh, so he was top seed. Jakob was second. Chad in third and me in fourth, so I was pretty happy with that. I got paired on a table with uh, two Targair decks, one of which was Tony Christie, which I don't feel is his real name. Tony Christie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can't be his real name. Hang you? on, I've heard that name before. Uh, yeah, he's the guy that uh, sang uh, Is This the Way to Amarillo, which was written by Neil Sedaka. So uh, it's a small world. Um, it is, isn't he? Isn't he good at thrones? Uh, well, we'll get on to that. Um, Corey uh, Fahati played the other Targaryen deck, and uh, Brandon Keyes played a janky Stark Lannister uh, defense deck. Um, and I had to read a lot of his cards. I just don't know what they did. 
um, like the Ranger of Winter, which when it's winter, it gains an Intrigue icon and stealth and doesn't need to defend. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those decks that's just no fun to play against at all. Um, but that that went reasonably well. Um, Corey called my... I normally open... I normally play uh, Shadows and Spiders turn two. But obviously, being from DC, he knew full well what I was going to do. So he played Forgotten Plans. Uh, and so I didn't play Shadows and Spiders. I played Building Season instead. And um, yeah, I, when I played Shadows and Spiders turn three, it locked everyone out a bit, which is pretty awesome. Uh, that card is just so good in melee. Uh, really slows yeah, the game down. It is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it got to the, the last turn. I had a... Uh, I stole uh, Corey's Preston with a grit. Like, a grit was really doing some work. She's <laughs> a good girl. She stole three things in four games, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, yeah, so I stole, his, I stole his Preston, chucked Preston to the aftermath, which is pretty cool. Um, Sick. Yeah, but then uh, Corey went in for an eight-strength power challenge against... Brandon. And we all know what happens in Melo when you count 8 strength. Like you're going to mm-hmm. play Make an Example. Um, and now he had given some cards to Brandon in a deal the previous turn and said right, next turn don't use your defence shenanigans on me and I'll give you the cards this turn. So Brandon took that deal uh, and we said no, 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 you can't let this unopposed. If you let it unopposed Corey will get 15 power and he will win. Um, and Brandon let it unopposed because he didn't want to break a deal and Corey uh, and that is the reason I hate competitive melee because you can lose through other people giving the game essentially um, whether it's through play mistakes or not breaking deals when they perhaps should have broken a deal to stop a game loss um, and I experienced it a lot when I played with just James and Waffle because I would get bullied a lot um, but that that's different to people just giving the game, which I wasn't a fan of. Uh, and I was a bit harsh to Brandon. I called him a fucking something. I can't remember if he was a <laughs> or cunt, uh, but I said it with venom. And I do apologise, it was a bit much, but as I explained to him the next day, that isn't how we play it in Europe. We, we postpone the game as long as possible. Um, now, Tony Christie... Probably would have found the right road and won before it got to me anyway. Uh, but yeah. it would have stopped Corey getting to the final, which would have meant there weren't two DC players on the final table. So yeah, we are, the outcome I of feel the tournament like would have been different. We're tiptoeing towards a um, another, yeah, we'll contentious to, issue, aren't we? We'll get on yeah. to that. And on another table, uh, Seth Lowe, Eric Butslaff and Aaron Broderick, three DC players, played against Jakob. And on the first turn, they left Jakob out of their trade plots. So yeah. he couldn't get anything. He couldn't trade summoning seasons. He couldn't. Um, he offered condemned by the realm, but nobody would take it. And they just said, look, you're offering these things, but you know we're happy to trade between ourselves. And essentially locked Jakob out of the game, which, again, was not particularly good. Bang out of order. Um, <laughs> Now, I've spoken to all the DC guys, and they're all, I got on with them all really well. Even Butslav, who is an absolute, complete, raging bellend. Um, he's the kind of bellend that, if you chat to, you'll actually quite like. Like Reese, but just a bit much. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he's. I, I, I explained him to secondary Dave as uh, someone like Jez, who's like, he's a bell end, but he's kind of our bell end. Well, Butzleff was all right, just yeah. Um, but yeah, so it got to the final table, and as people are probably aware by now, there was a bit of soft play between Corey and Seth, where one flipped forgotten plans, the other flipped counting favors, gave the cards to one. Then the next turn, they flipped the same plots the other way around. Gave the cards back. Um, and Corey won it when Seth gave him three unopposed challenges for the win. So, yeah. yeah. There was a bit of an outrage in Europe. There's I mean, been a lot of talk about this, hasn't it's, there? It's, Nate ruled it was okay. Uh, there was certainly some soft play going on. Outright collusion, maybe not. Um, by the time it, was, it did get to Seth to give those unopposed challenges, it was clear Andreas was going to win. So it was in the hands of Seth and Nate said, it's fine. At this point, it's all right to kingmake. Like, there is no way either of you are getting to dominance. And if you do get to dominance, Andreas wins. So it's your choice to who wins. But it was... Absolutely disgusting. It was a bit more soft play than I think is necessary, really. How I reason this If it had been um, he let one challenge unopposed, Corey won. Yeah, it it was three challenges. And I, d- I did think it was a bit much. Um, and that's one of the mentality differences between the US and the EU. I mean, at one point, Ryan Jones tried to... Asked if he could just chump block, chump challenge Andreas. Because he had got as far as he could. He couldn't get any more power. If he ended it there, he would have come second. Um, but Nate said, no, you've got to play for, play for the win. And so he wasn't allowed to challenge Andreas. But then later, Seth was allowed to... Uh, let those challenges mm. through. So, there's a lot of talk about this on Agot cards. If people want to uh, read that, I don't know. Yeah, if I haven't weighed in on that yet. Um, but my take on it when we discussed it privately was that, um, as you've said, Dave, and that's, that's for, obviously I wasn't there. I didn't watch this on the stream. So I'm only going from what other people are telling me, just to sort of, you know, set my stall out early. But from what you said, Dave, um, alone, the situation was that Andreas. Had manoeuvred himself into position where he was going to win. Yeah. Yep. The he only reason he, power by the end of it. The only reason he didn't win, and the only way that he was stopped from winning, was was by Seth in this example, completely capitulating to someone else. Now that's not. Andreas didn't make a cock up on a tactical decision. He he didn't make a, a, a misplay. There wasn't some combination of cards or or anything which which created that situation. Seth abandoned playing the game properly and let his friend win. And I just think that that's robbed Andreas of a victory that really should have been his. Mm. The... That's my take. That's no personal... Sl- I'm, not, I'm not passing personal judgment on Seth or anyone involved in this. I just want to make that completely clear. Yeah. But for me, I find it disappointing. And I wouldn't do that for you, Dave, or you, no. Peel. And I know you guys wouldn't want me to, and I wouldn't equally. I wouldn't want someone to do that for me. If I won a big tournament like that off the back of something like this, it would it would ruin it for me. To be honest, because well, Andreas rightfully positioned himself into a position there where he was going to win that game through playing it all the way through, and I just think it's a great shame that he didn't walk away with the title. 
I think uh, if there was a situation where we were over on the same melee table, I think it would be fair to say we'd be attacking the hell out of each other. Um, yeah, quite but frankly. Thing, um, obviously, make deals, making deals is fine, and yeah. backing out of deals and backstabbing on deals is fine because that's all. That's all attached that's to the game of thrones. Game, yeah, exactly. It's all attached to game mechanics. It's all attached to cards. You know, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll give you a trade plot next turn. Oh no, I was lying. Ha ha. Actually, I've won. That's. It's really hard to sort of clarify what this really, but there's a line. You know, that's involved in the game mechanics. But, com- but abandoning the game completely, i.e. just giving away free challenges purely because you would rather someone else wins, that's different. Mm. I can't really put into I can't really express it how I want to. I know I'm sort of fluffing this up a little bit, but I don't know. Either you can see that difference or you can't, you know? And for me, I can, so. No, fair enough. I know it's, uh, melee is always a tricky one because if there is someone who's weak on the table, um, like it's always going to be awkward. I, I don't know how it works. Competitive melee is always going to be awkward because if you're sat at a table and it's drawn and you know three people on that table and one person is different, you're kind of in this weird situation where you almost can't show favoritism for the people you know because of it. But at the same time, if someone's weaker than... Do you know what I mean? If, if, if everyone else on the table is strong and there's one weak person and no one else on that table really knows him, naturally you're going to probably attack him because especially if you're me, I'm going to want to get through those unopposed. I'm yeah. going to want to rank up as many points as possible against him. And it's... it's ah, oh, This is the problem with competitive melee. Yeah, um, a pain in the ass. Leplong talks a lot about this weekend about because um, I watched him play a bit of second edition melee and he is a bit of a wizard. Um... He uh, he talked a lot about board parity, in that you can't attack one guy too much because it will help your opponents more than it helps you. Mm. Uh, and there were a lot of in the second edition melee, there were a lot of newer players playing things like put to the sword, which don't necessarily have a a place in your melee decks because harming one person isn't always the best way to go. Um, no. uh, and uh, there's something in that, I think. Uh, I mean, I, at Starlight last year, Waffle and I were paired on a three-person table. Uh, with a German guy we had never met whose English wasn't, like, perfect. Um, and that was really hard to play. Like, we had to be so careful not to collude. And we didn't. We attacked each other, but a lot of the problem in the later game especially was that the German player had a really weak board. And yeah, the... I needed to close the game, and I couldn't get past Waffles' conclaves. So all of my challenges to go were going to this German player. And I was like, look, I'm sorry, mate, but this guy has a you know, nine or ten characters. My military would do nothing. I won't get the power through. The intrigue will do nothing. Um, but you're ripe for the taking, basically. And again, yeah. Waffles' challenges, a lot of them were going to him because he couldn't get past the Knight of Flowers and the Bright War Man at Arms. Oh. Uh, unless he took stealth in his conclaves and then he still wouldn't get unopposed. He wouldn't get his renown. He wouldn't be getting any power. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough line to balance, especially in three-player, but... There's nothing wrong with what you just explained because it's all grounded in, in game mechanics. And of course, it, you are going to look out for your mate when it comes to the plots. Like, you know, if you're going to swap with someone around the table, you're obviously going to turn to one, someone you know personally first. That's fine. But just, yeah, like the example, the example from this final, just opening the floodgates on someone, that's not kingmaking, is it? That's giving the game away. And that's yeah. a subtle difference. Yeah. So, uh, I got everyone I met who had a card design across the across like the last few years, uh, including Nate Fle- and Nate French, who designs a lot of cards, um, yeah, but not including rings because he had gone home by the time 
I remembered it, um, has signed my playmat, my Band of oh, Behind cool. the Throne playmat, uh, which went down a storm. Everyone loves oh, the <laughs> uh, And of course, some people were just like, oh, that looks good. We'll just start listening. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, um, it took a lot of persuading not for Butzlaff not to draw a massive cock on it. Um, and uh, But I got Andreas to sign it as well as the people's champion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Corey had already signed it anyway, because obviously he designed two cards already. Um, yeah, great cards they are. They are. They're two of the best cards we've had, best champ cards we've had. And they're House of Dreams and Dark Wings appeal. So yeah. the silver lining of this... Both fun things. <laughs> they're two of the best champ cards we've had. Um, the silver lining is that we will get another awesome card. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the, uh, that was the melee. Uh, we went drinking afterwards again. That was fun. <laughs> I Did drank you a lot. Uh, represent for the UK and our drinking habits? Uh, yes, I did. Um, Rings was a bit upset at me because I wasn't going to do any Irish car bombs. Uh, I was just like, firstly, you, sorry, Irish car bomb. Irish car bomb is where you have a shot of Guinness in a no shot of Bailey's in a um, in a glass Guinness. of Guinness. Uh, and I was like, there's a couple of reasons. One, that's really fucking offensive in the UK and Ireland. Massively. Secondly, yes. I don't like Guinness. Thirdly, I don't like down drinks because <laughs> it just makes me ill. And fourth, what a fucking waste of Bailey's. Like, come and on, also, you got to pack your bags. Pack your bags. Um, if I remember correctly, Dave, on my 21st birthday, you were actually in the bathroom with me while I was throwing up that exact drink into a sink yes. in Canterbury. Yes. Uh, so I would never advise anyone to drink one of them optionally. No. you got to drink them within about three seconds as well, or the Bailey's like, turns mank. Um, yep. So that's, that's not fun. Uh, Disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great night. Uh, the next day was the second edition uh, joust. Uh, and I wanted to build a Lannister Banner to the Wolf, Banner to the Wolf um, deck that Glazer had sent me on my way over. That looked mm-hmm. a bit cool. Um, but I couldn't find any money lenders because all my money lenders are in your deck, Peel, and uh, Crocodile Hammers' deck. Uh, so I ran my Martell Night's Watch deck. Which was alright. I went three and four. The problem with it is that I've had a lot of games where somebody would just blow me out turn one and I just couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. And blow. Uh, yeah, blow. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, one of my games, Varus uh, <laughs> was put to the sword. Another one, I was like, right, next turn I make him first player, play Varus, game turns around. And of course, he picks out my one copy of Varus from my hand in the intrigue, like one in eight chance. Um, yeah, Varus is so clutch. At the moment in second edition. Yeah. Uh, that it's just, if you lose him at the wrong time and you've been planning around it, you just lose. I've, um, I've bodyguarded Varys in a recent game I was playing because I needed him on the board for long enough and I wasn't taking any risks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. definitely the right decision. Um, Jakob lost his top 16 game because he accidentally, well, I say accidentally, he chumped blocked with Varys and he got Dracarist. Ooh. And he couldn't reset and kid won. Yeah, um, do it. But yeah, like by like five or six rounds in, I was really feeling down on second edition because whilst it's a great game, it's way too Small. swingy and not not swingy. Sorry, it's just once you get the advantage, in, it's really easy to keep that advantage. Yeah, it's very difficult to come back. I've found without Varus, and so even though Valor is not necessarily always a comeback card, it does make people think twice about placing massive boards full of renowned characters and just stomping your face in 
because you'll just get reset and then the player with the with card power, card advantage wins. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah, as um, I'll get on to later. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I saw you mention that in our chat earlier on, saying that having played second edition for as much as you have, like it's made you sort of, you know, very mournful the first edition going. And I, I do have to agree. Um, I'm going to be gutted uh, when I sort of scoop my cards after my last game at Starlight because um, you know, I'm really going to miss first edition. Mm. Yep. Um, and I was so excited last week reviewing Taking the Back just to see new cards. Um, and I know that sounds so ungrateful because of course it hasn't been out that long, but it's been spoiled for so long. And um, yeah, I just want more options. I want to start taking decks in different di- directions and um, I'm looking forward to that. But speaking of taking decks in different directions, let's talk about um, what one, shall we? Oh, yeah. Um, Sam Bratz won. Uh, he's a guy, okay. I, the former world champ that I battered in the joust. Uh, <laughs> he's one, the, our game in the joust is one of the most fun of the weekend. He is mm. such a lad. Uh, really genuine guy to just chat with. Um, and he won. Uh, I watched his top 16 game against uh, the best deck in the meta, Barra Fealty. Yeah. Um, and his opponent played out Melisandre, Nelt, uh, Vatalchet's Raiders, he played out Stannis, passed challenges, passed marshalling, looked incredibly smug, and Sam drops Varys. And the guy just goes, oh. So Sam yeah. dupes his left, and then wipes the board. Um, so he's left with left, and uh, his opponent has nothing. Next turn, Sam uses like Gaston Grey on like a hunting party or something. Picks a Robert on the entry challenge. Third turn, mm. he tears the lease on Robert, and it's just it was clinical. But that deck is beautiful. Um, the next, the next game, the top uh, eight game was against Andreas, and again Andreas extended quite far on turn one, and then Sam just marshals Varus and just wipes the board. Um, for those who aren't aware of what it is, it's a Martel Tyrell deck. Running the only big characters in it are Varus, the Knight of Flowers, and possibly Littlefinger and Ariane. Um, and it revolves around going second with Gaston Grey and Sunspear, so you can bounce the big threats, uh, raise claim on the challenges that matter, and then use Ariane to put in the Courtesan of the Rose. Mm. No, Elena's Informant, sorry, to allow you to get two challenges off at two claim. Uh, and the deck was really good, and that's the deck that won worlds, uh, which pleased me greatly. Because it's Martel and Sam's a lovely guy, but it was sad to see Patrick losing the final because uh, he put a fantastic innings in. And uh, of course, um, a nice chat. an interesting discussion on Facebook, and um, I I really upset somebody um, in one of the Facebook groups because um, this post went up saying, you know, I don't know who wrote it now. This wasn't the guy who got the arse of me, but um, he said that, uh, oh well, you know, Sam Brett has won this. He's kind of, you know, proven all the podcast hosts wrong. Um, everyone was saying that left and right are terrible cards and um, Martel were the weakest faction in the in the core set. And, and now look, you know, and someone else would put it down, oh, yeah, well, people just like to hear themselves talking. I bet next week the podcast is all about how strong Martel is. So I was like, well, firstly, I, I, they won't be about that because we're not just going to change our minds based on this result. Um Left and right still aren't very good. Like the fact that Sam's won using those in his deck doesn't suddenly catapult those cards t- to tier one. They're not in there because they're good. They're in there because he doesn't have any other choice. He's exactly. Low cost yeah. characters. 
This is exactly what I said. They're in there because there's nothing else at that cost slot. Yeah. Which does the job. He's a really good player, but those cards are still poor. And some I can't remember exactly what the guy said, but he basically said he wasn't going to listen to our podcast anymore. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, sorry. But he goes, oh, um, I, I, what I was going to write was, well, you probably don't listen to it anyway, mate, to be fair, because you, Dave, have been saying for quite a long time how good you think Martel actually is. And we've discussed briefly a nice watch Martel build that we've both been playing with a few weeks ago. So, yeah. What's bad about Martel is the main theme. Yeah. Which um, is a little bit characters, which are shit. And Sam didn't play them. He played the good yeah. Martel cards, like Gaston Gray and the Greenblood Trader. Yeah. He didn't play exactly. any, oh, in Confinement. He didn't play Unbowdenment and Broken. He didn't play Doran's game. Like some people were trying to deset, dissect the list on Facebook. And I was like, do you think he played that? How many Red Vipers did he run? And it's just like, none of them, because DC don't mm. run cards that bad. Like, they say they don't run bad cards, and these are bad cards. Like, Martel winning does not change that. Yeah. He didn't even play these cards. So I stand by by everything no, else. I can guarantee you. Yeah, I can guarantee you that when the first chapter pack comes out, the first change that's made to that list is at least one copy of left or right, and then two of whatever's left go out, and that two-cost knight goes in. Yeah, I think so. He's just all um, around better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, the but interesting. The advantage of really, left really and right in that deck is that they survive the Varus if you happen to have I got both of them. Yeah. That's, that's it. But even That is the only good thing, is the unique nature. The little oh. unique marker next to their name is the only benefit of keeping them in over a non-unique character. That is it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so that was that. Uh, on Saturday, I went drinking again. Which mm. is grim. Uh, the DC guys, before some of the DC guys had been there, but they, they all joined us, or most of them joined us, which is nice to talk to like Corian people, um, which was cool. Um, Ryan Jones came up with some wonderful limericks uh, about major players in the game. Um, everyone's just really lovely. It was lovely to meet the Southern California guys who were all proper sound, and now I want to go to California to see them. San Diego, where... Uh, Anchorman. Well, you've got to pay for yourself this time, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> it's a bit expensive <laughs> to get to San Diego. Uh, Roy Rogers from New York made me feel very at home. He spoke to me within about 30 seconds of arriving at the draft because Aaron Glazer had told him to. Uh, yeah, uh, the Boston Meta were very friendly. So everyone was lovely. And so drinking with them is fun. Um, on the Sunday, as I said, I woke up with a hangover and got sad. Uh, so I watched. <laughs> I watched a bit of the uh, the 2.0 melee, which was obviously overrun with Greyjoy because Rise of the Kraken was really was legal. Um, mm. It hadn't been for the joust, but they made it legal for the melee, um, and it was won by uh, Varun from Norwich, who is the UK Conquest champ. And what's a lad? Well done, son. He is also the U- the World Conquest champ. So, yeah, expect good things from him. He's the first Brit with a card design. Um, and now he started Top playing man. good well games. Done. So, well done to him. <laughs> yeah. Very proud of him. He's a lovely chap. Uh, and he beat LaPlante and Quentin and uh, a poor American who I'm not aware of who he was, but who seemed very confused by the whole melee thing insofar <laughs> as three Europeans <laughs> played it and just table-talked their way around 
as as you can imagine, like uh, Varun has played with like Rowan and Bambi and Reese, and so knows how we play it. And two Frenchmen who are obviously incredible melee players. Um, it's really quite. It's in the blood, isn't it, for the French? It, it is. It's it's remarkable watching uh, watching them play. Um, really quite something special. Uh, yeah, so he won that, and well played to him. But uh, I managed to get the participation cards anyway, so I was happy. Just walk up with a smile on my face and try my luck. Um, but they were they were the core set titles, but on the world, well, on the back they said world championships, so they're not really anything special. Which is a shame. Um, yeah, so that was my worlds essentially. I played uh, Eldritch Horror with some of Team Europe. Uh, oh, Eldritch, I played that at the weekend. Yeah, it was it's really good. I've not played it before. Um, what character did you start out as? I played as Charlie Kane. Uh, and there, oh, I was the only guy that looks like a, a pirate Cal Drogo. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He was pretty look pretty good. <laughs> Um, I was stuck in San Francisco for almost the entire game. I went one square left and then came back. And then I went down to South America to get blessed and then I went back. Um, and the rest of the time I just spent in San Diego trying to close this one gate, essentially. And I was like, when are you going to close it? I was like, well, we are, you know, <laughs> we're making all attempts Worth to close right. the, day, the gate. Uh, and it is in our sights and we have a team working on closing the gate. Uh, and it will certainly be closed at some point before the end of the next general election cycle. Um, <laughs> and it was closed. I closed it and then another one opened. But it was fine. We, we won it, though. So that was good. And only Four Jacob nice. was devoured. Uh, Did you know that Magali Villeneuve does all the art? All the art? For the investigators. Really? In that game. Yeah. That's pretty cool. When I looked at my uh, Cal Drogo pirate guy, I can't remember his name now, um, yeah. I thought to myself, hmm... Hair blowing in the wind, a little bit of light in the background. <laughs> this has got to be Dante or Villeneuve. So I immediately went through the um, through the rule book, and yeah, she does all the uh, investigator art. Bless her. Oh wow, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I recognise some of the some of the artwork on like uh, the equipment and stuff was from the LCG. It was yes, uh, which was cool. Obviously, yeah. you don't expect them to commission new art for every single game they have when they. Oh no, got they've got that now. It's in the books. Yep. Yep. You go to the Game of Thrones board game and you're just like, oh, that's so and so. And you just like, and you look at the uh, the mustering card and stuff, and it's a plot, things like that. Makes you sad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my worlds. I had a fantastic time. I'm tired as shit. <laughs> uh, everyone was super friendly. I would definitely go back again, but it wasn't as much fun as Starlek. Sorry, guys. And we've only got a week or a bit to go. What seven days? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so tired. We'll be leaving tomorrow morning in a week, won't we? Oh, I'm yeah. This goes up. We will. Oh my god! Tomorrow we'll morning meeting. in a week. I'm so yeah. tired. Yeah. So, Peel, we'll be meeting at the airport. Skipping. We. Peel in exactly a week. You'll be at my house. Yep. Yeah. I know. Prepping. For I'll be sleeping at your and house. We'll going. Wait. Building your decks and waffles decks. <laughs> Well, I was planning on popping over beforehand to possibly build a deck in advance, but that's, you know, another thing for another that's time. Probably a good idea. I would enjoy that. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's almost here, guys. Uh, the hype for Starlek has has started. I think it's fair to say. Next week, real. Next yeah. week's episode is going to be even more hype because I think we're recording on the uh, the Monday to get it out on time. Hmm. And then, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
It's happening. It's a week today, it. lads. I'll be drunk in a pub, getting scared of flying. Getting get it. Oh right, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was like, we don't go to the pub at Starlet. Pub is scary and unknown. Um, <laughs> I would love to walk into a local German pub. Just you're right, lads. How are we all doing? It's like doing my Mike. <laughs> Pack my bags, please, Michael. Oh, you're not Michael. <laughs> Where recently, are my bags? Recently at work, I had to sit um, around. That's what I often do. Um, because there was a, a very thick covering of fog in the southeast of England a few weeks ago. And um, no planes took off or, or landed at my little airport for, for two whole days. And there's lots of very unhappy passengers who were delayed for a long period of time, um, sort of 12, 13 hours in places. And it did occur to me, if this happens next week, on, especially on the way home, who cares? Like, we can be surrounded by all our sort of mates with so many cards to go around. We'll just sit on the airport floor having a massive melee game. It'll be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we can start the, uh, the hardcore championship we can introduce that. That could be the beginning of it. Oh, yeah. Determine exactly. Who, determine who wins the hardcore championship belt the Thrones first edition. There was kind of something like that going around at Worlds where they gave you a little uh, sticker that you put on the bottom of your, like a little banner on the bottom of your pass. And my pass said UK National Champion, which is pretty sweet. Um, nice. Yeah, and they gave you some tokens. And if you have a game on your pass, you're supposed to be able to, and then you're willing to be challenged for one of your tokens at any point during the weekend, which was cool. There we go. Cool. But obviously, I didn't want to lose my tokens because I liked them, so I didn't put the sticker on my pass. The hardcore national belt shall uh, shall be a thing then. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. You make it out of old deck boxes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just have loads of your grit ones there because no one uses them. Like ah. I was just like, I've got so many mats now. It's just ridiculous. We're turning into the brag. Um, but we already had too many mats that they didn't fit in the mat drawer. And then and I started a second mat drawing. Now that's full as well. And that was a long time ago. Um, mine are hanging up on trouser hangers. Yeah, that's really clever. Um, I might yeah. have to go and buy like however many trouser hangers. At least twenty, I think, possibly. I've got a lot of mats. I brought yeah. four home from this weekend. And we have the custom ones, which I still haven't seen the custom one because they arrived just before you flew out. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Actually. Mine's been scribbled on now. But, I'm, uh, I must admit, the, have you seen the t-shirts as well, the national t-shirts? All of this is just pushing towards Starlek, and every time you get something new, it's like, ooh, look at this! And, yeah. oh, by the way, the uh, the custom wooden house cards, how did they go down, by the way? Oh, they're really nice. Did you hear about them, Craven? Oh, I did very briefly. You, you yeah. did um, send me a message, I think, before you left. Yeah, Carl the Beast Harrison from Stoke had, like, a wood yep. burner, and he made a load of uh, custom house cards and, what, peel... Beautiful. Peel wanted one, then I wanted two, then he wanted two, then we just decided to go halves and got the lot. <laughs> but they're yeah. really nice. But I now have a, my own wooden Barra house card because I was top Barra in the melee. Which very nice. is very so, nice. So, all I'm saying is it's my birthday on Saturday. <laughs> so, just saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> not already, dropping any hints there. Maybe you already got you a present. Probably haven't. Uh, are you maybe. going to play the, the Rings <laughs> no. on Saturday? Uh, no, because I begin my night shifts on Friday, oh. so I will be getting home from work at six o'clock on Saturday, and then um, I've got a gym appointment in the afternoon. And it is actually genuinely my birthday Saturday, so I know. I know it's your birthday Saturday. Saturday. I was there last year. We are. Okay. I'm not making it up. <laughs> you were. You went dancing in a cage, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. So did Waffle. In fairness, we danced together in a cage. 
and uh, Martin fell asleep. Did. We went to, the, <laughs> went to the same casino, actually, that you came to last year. I am a creature of habit, as we well know. <laughs> well, have a good night. It, it was good last time. Um, no, I've already been. We went last weekend. Oh, you went last weekend. Well, where was our invite? That's terrible. You was in America. Yeah, but Peel wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I know Peel can't travel without you, because as we long, long ago realised, Peel is conjured from your imagination. <laughs> this is true. I'm it was really. Thing. If you're not around, Peel disappears. It was really draining, like conjuring Peel across the sea to podcast last week without me. Um, that's, that's why, why so I tired. missed the cut in draft. Yeah. I, was I didn't even. I was. I was so well conjured. That I even managed to stay around for two days and do a bit of editing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's effort, fans. Dave. <laughs> Peel has basically become a hard light hologram. <laughs> like in Red Dwarf, he can now interact with like machines. I'm effectively Rimmer. This is nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Right, what's on the? What we done? We done I, I with think, worlds. I think that's basically it. They finished banging on about worlds. You asked. Worlds, worlds, worlds. <laughs> no one cares. I believe that takes us nicely on then to our our next segment. It does. You, uh the right. Joffrey Baratheon. Ooh. Ooh. Do, do, who, who wants to start? Do, do you want to read a Joffrey Baratheon, Peel? I'm just getting the Joffrey Baratheon list okay. up in front of me. Yes. P, P, uh, okay, like Craven, do you want to start reading a Joffrey Baratheon? Yeah, sure. I'll gladly start reading a Joffrey Baratheon. Um, right. Let's go then. So, this is Corset Joffrey. He's been reprinted exactly in the second edition corset. Is he the same strength? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Hang on. Here's three cost. Using the power of technology. Dun, 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 dun. I've still got a sealed corset here. Ah! <laughs> don't worry. You, don't, you haven't got to open it. He He'll be open next week. One, one um, point of strength stronger. Oh, so the old copy is but, not legal. No. So, oh, he's got a crest as well. So, anyway, Joffrey Baratheon, he is a two-strength monocon power, lord-traded, noble crest, and he has a response. After a lord or lady character is killed, Joffrey Baratheon claims one power, open bracket, limit three times per round, close bracket. Fear is better than love, he says. Um, I like this one. Yes. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Um, but is he the best? I don't know. Let's uh, find out. He is fun. Um, he can win you a game on a Valor turn, which is wonderful. He's won me many games on Valor yeah, turns. because unlike uh, for the new players, the new Joffrey can respo- respond to other lords dying, but not himself. But in first edition, he had a chance to respond to himself mm. while he was dying. So he could be your 15th power, which was awesome. Yep. Joffrey Baratheon number two. Oh no, no. I was going to say the best use for this, the old one, is uh, using the copper link to make people lords and then murdering them. Oh, Dave, you're giving out my Lannister tech. Yep. Are you going to play it, Starlock? If I say yes, you know I'm lying. You are lying. <laughs> it would definitely be a lie. You're not going to play it, Starlock, so when are you going to play it? Never. Um, never. Yeah, so it's fine. Come on. We can give it away now. Uh, and okay. I tried I, I can I tried the deck. Um 
And you couldn't run more than one Joffrey because that would be silly. And so it was really inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it was fun making, like, carrion birds lords. So it's just like, do you really want to kill that carrion bird for claim? Because if you do, then uh, you're going to get power. And if you don't, Joff you're going to have to kill, like, power. that refugee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the next one? The next one is Tukos Joffrey Baratheon from Kings of the Sea. I think I'd go with that one next. Uh, if Joffrey yep. Baratheon is the only king in play, he gets plus one strength for each gold token on him. Response! After opponent plays gold to marshal a character, put the gold on Joffrey. <laughs> Limit once per round. Uh, Waffle played this in his tunnels deck for a while, and it was a real ass. Like, even more than all the other ridiculously strength characters, this guy got big quick. Mm. Yeah, um, but he can effectively go up to three strength in the first round, um, or more. Or well, no, only once per round you can put on the gold. Well, yeah, but it's you... it's as much gold as they spend. So if they spend seven gold on the Viper's Bannerman without using oh. producers, you get seven gold on him. It's not put one gold on him. It's put Ooh. it's put all the gold. So they have to use their reducers in strange ways to make sure no one costs them one like two gold, so you don't trigger the response. So what you're effectively saying is this Joffrey could be a boss. He could, but he you'd lose all the gold. That first printed one cost hurts him. Uh, yeah, or you know the whole venomous blade thing that's kicking about, and that is really good against tunnels. Uh, that yeah, work. but he's fun. I've never used him. No. 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 no fair enough. No, probably for the best. Um, <laughs> okay, but he is a king, which is bad. He is a king. Because then you can't... But Joffrey yeah, is a king. Cost king. Yeah. No, like two a period. Two cost. Sorry, one... Yeah, two, two cost. Two cost, one strength, military and power icon. Yeah. With a quite a sexy response. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is the Pots Joffrey, who is Lannister and Baratheon. And he's a two for two monocon with power icon. He's a lord. He's got renown, which is useful. Two cost renown character is good. Response. Yes. After a small council event is played, kneel three influence or one noble character to choose and discard from play one character with one or more power on it. I always wanted to play this, Joffrey. But I never really got I it. I gave it a go once. I built a um, Lannister deck which used Preston and Pentoshi Manor when you could still do that. Um, and it had um, oh, there was a neutral character, two cost... Prolific Statesman. Right. I think when he gains the crest of all the other characters in play. So you could have loads of them out with, with nobles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Faceless um, Man gets stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and with the Pentoshi Manor, it's quite easy to dish power out onto people um, with a free with a small council event, which you can recur, because um, what have you got? The sit in your arm throne, you can recur it. Yep. Um, get it back in your hand. Is it the uh, small council chamber recurs them as well? Mm. So, so you could do some pretty good board wiping with this, but again, it's just it was one of those decks I played when I wasn't really worried about being competitive. Mm. Well, there are some fun. really good small council events. You killed the wrong dwarf as a small council. Um, Shadow of the South, but obviously that's Martel. Condemned. Uh, sitting in the other end, yeah, condemned by the council. Question claim. Mm. Um, guilty is. Banter, but obviously mm -hmm. won't be in that same deck. Uh, Desperate measures, but that's restricted. And uh, small council uh, deceit, which is Wedge's favourite yeah. card, beginning with D. 
and yeah, it is really good, but obviously won't be in the same deck as Joffrey. So he's so him. Uh, go on then, next one. Uh, Joffrey Brathian, three cost, three strength, monocon, uh, with a noble crest, a lord. He is House Lannister, and he is immune to triggered effects. As a response, after an opponent's character is knelt, pay one gold to stand Joffrey, then he claims one power. Now, I'm reliably informed this was busted as hell back in the day, wasn't it? You could make him a maester. Yes. <laughs> Anything that stands maesters is really good. And being able to do it on demand. <laughs> and in a Lannister deck as well, where yeah. you are basically trying to kneel them out and stop them from attacking you in the first place. See, I've just read Would be this, fantastic. And it's after an opponent's character is knelt, you pay a gold. I always yeah. thought that was by a card effect. I always thought you had to kneel them. But you don't. No, if no. they kneel to attack or defend, you can just stand him. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. I yeah. misread that completely. He's actually fantastic. I wouldn't mind putting him in a deck just to play around with. He's he's pretty um, banter. Um, mm. If yeah, uh, yeah, as you say, with a gold link, he's dirtily good. Build a joff. Yeah, and immune to trigger effects is uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Said. No Gaston here. Nope. No Sebas. Nope. No nothing. Not even nightmares. No, no, no just um, attachments. Just have to attachment him, yeah. You'd have to make him uh, the first ranger, I think, and steal him with Ygritte. No, because he's immune to triggered effects. You can't steal him. Damn it! You can't even steal the, him. Got to milk of the poppy him. Or, <laughs> or burn murder him. Uh, yeah, flame kiss him. Or get him with a plot. Get him with a plot. The thing is, if you're playing this deck properly, you can uh, rusted sword him, give him uh, an intrigue icon, court advisor. Mm-hmm. So flame or, kiss him. Or, you know, him, devious intentions. Possible. Devious intention. Way better. <laughs> I'm building it. You're building Builder Joffrey. So, yeah. So you I'm already Starla. putting him in melee deck. Lannister Black Sails. Here it comes. Oh. <laughs> Put him in your melee deck at Starlek, and then every time someone kneels, aha, all the gold. Especially if well, you've things, I'm in the market. I am in the market for a melee deck now because I was going to take Greyjoy melee, but I'm not going to do both. So, Lanny Black Sails. Run, yeah. um, run your. Uh, that Barra Lannister Alliance deck, and then just pop him in. I oh, know because the other one's so much better in it, isn't he? Mm. He is so much better. I want to basically have loads of attachments and shit on this guy. Yeah, Voltron anything is really fun. Um, Jakob was telling me about a Voltron Grey Worm deck that someone in Sweden is making, uh, but I'll leave that as a story for after Starlek. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because he the might play being... it, and if he does, you need to see it. <laughs> The problem being with Joffrey, um, you want to get him knelt, don't you, to make him stand, but you can't kneel him with anything you've got. You need to find a way to kneel him as a cost yes. in, in Lannister. Yes. So you either kneel him for challenges or you... Well, the chain's the best way of doing it. Obviously you can't do it. So there you go. Well, you can anyway. do main deck and apprentice collar, which is what Rowan was talking about on that Maesters episode. Yeah. Doing silly things with him. But no. Right, last one, Peel. The last King Joffrey. Well, this one is a king, actually. Uh, Joffrey Varathian character, Lannister. Cost three, strength two. Icons, just a power. Just a power. He's not being greedy there. While Joffrey Varathian is the only king in play, he gains response after you win dominance. Non-unique characters do not stand during the standing phase this round. 
and he's got a noble mm. crest, and he's from Lions of the Rock. He's all right. He's not anything fantastic, really, is he? So you buy a corset and all the big boxes, and you end up with four Joffreys. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot and of Joffreys. For my money, you miss out on the best one. <laughs> so what do we think to this Joffrey? What do we think to Lotor? Joffrey? Rubbish. Nah, he's crap. Yeah, I can't say I'm a massive fan. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather have really good about against him. certain decks. And the rest of the time... Best thing about him is the artwork. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, that's the core set from the second edition artwork. Yeah, Which beautiful. obviously is... Classic Magali. Is Magali and wonderful. We love Magali. Yeah. But she's not going to be at Starlight this year. Oh, no, I'm glad about that. Mm. It's going to be sad. I'll have yeah. pine for her. We will. Sounds great. Maybe we should write to start. Maybe we should write to fancy like games. We usually get things overturned when we complain on this. <laughs> I'm not sure they they forbade it. All right, you could be the European Championship. You can have a joust card design. But you ain't having Magali. You ain't doing oh, it. We are. We're not having her at Worlds. <laughs> you're not having her at Starlet. So, all right. So Dave, what's the best one and why? The best one is. Oh, it's tough. See, it's between two. I think. Uh, I think the best one is the corset one because he's playable in any Lannister deck. You don't have okay. to build around him. He's just solid. He just claims your power. He's good. In the corset meta, he would have been good. He's solid in second edition now. Um, and you just got to hope he doesn't get venomous bladed. Uh, but he is not the most banter. No. Go on. What do you think? On oh, me? Okay. Oh, I reckon yep. it, it's Joffrey Baratheon, Taos and the Red Cape. Yeah, it's just... He's half a Viper. He's a half a Viper, isn't he? In a way. He is. Immune to triggered effects. Immune to triggered effects is um, so good. Anything that's yeah, got that a, generally gets a thumbs up from me. I think. That's it's a him. lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of things that he's immune to. It's um, anything that's triggered. And that's just... That's absolute top top bants. Yeah. He's certainly the most banter of the Joffreys. Yeah. And he looks a bit like John Bon Jovi. Yeah. What do you think, Peel? I am also going to go with the uh, the Tales of the Red Keep one, just because he's already given me on ideas of what I want to play for melee. I'm I'm having a little play around already on the deck builder. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, literally me too. <laughs> surrounding that card, and funnily enough, Craven, I've also gone for the Black Sails uh, thing with Lannister, right. but not very Thanks good with Lannister. Pieces, yeah, not great with Lannister, so it's gone. It's not going to be okay. any good, guys. <laughs> I'm warning you no, now. It's, yeah, it's you it's already up, failed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Unless so plenty news. So I guess that's uh, two and a half for Tales from the Red Keep, Joffrey. There so we go. We can formally decree that he is the right Joffrey Baratheon. I would say so. He's the right Joffrey Baratheon. Okay, so any other is the wrong. <laughs> Don't play that. Play this one. <laughs> Play this one instead. He's better. <laughs> a, l- a little less unanimous than Aris Oakheart and uh, Robert Baratheon, but well, someone had to make a decision, and I think it's important that we've made that decision because now anyone who does something different in the future, we can go. You're wrong, and here's why. Um, this guy's and... the right. He's yes. half a viper, and the others are. He's immune to triggered effects. That's that's pretty much just the bowels. That's crazy. The yeah. gravy, baby. Sure. Right, favourite cards then, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. I believe so. Favorite cards beginning with the letter R this week. R. Dave, as your worlds, if you've come back from worlds, would you like to go first with this? Okay. Do you know what my favorite card beginning with R is before I say it? Or uh, Rorsch. It's not Rorsch, no. Damn. Rumbled. Okay. Um, no. Okay. It's not Rainus's Hill, although I was tempted. It's definitely Red Vengeance. Red Vengeance. Red Vengeance. No. How can it not be Love Red Vengeance? Card. Like, yeah, true. That is the most ultimate card for ruining new players' dreams. I once <laughs> played against, um, you know the, uh, you know Alex, who is the like Mike Clark after midnight when you fed him after midnight. Uh, he was a national. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look exactly the same. Like they're just, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he sat down for his first ever Thrones tournament game, and I flipped Martel Hollow Hill, and he goes, oh, "I've never played against Martel before." Like, oh, you Ooh. poor dear. <laughs> you poor dear. Let me just hold your hand through this encounter. Yeah, it's like, do yeah. you want to scoop now? It will be better for everybody, um, except for me. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, I just love Red Vengeance. It's so much fun. Uh, it, it led to that wonderful play where I raised the claim on Peel's plot with my Warcrest Viper to claim two plus it was enabled superiority, so four plus um, Victorian, so it was five. Uh, and then tried to Red Vengeance, and then Peel cancelled it, and I cancelled his cancel, <laughs> and then he cancelled my cancel. <laughs> my- and my entire board was wiped. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm going to up your own claim. Yes, thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun idea, and I thought one thing calls it thing. It was. Give, but it wasn't. You were just like, kneel this guy for finger dance, stand this guy for to be a kraken. Ah, oh, fuck off, Neil. And then kneel this guy again. <sighs> yeah, it was, it was pretty great. Lovely, lovely, um, lovely stuff. Though. One thing, you know you were talking about the long plan in the last episode. You yes. know, the new Martel plot? Mm-hmm. Firstly, it is Doran and uh, Ariane. And he at the end of uh, Feast for Crows, he reveals their master plan. And he gives them... He gives her a vast piece, and then he like gives the speech. You know, that awesome speech. That's the scene. Oh, okay. You know, I called vengeance, it. Justice. I called it based on the gouty knuckles. Yeah, vengeance, justice, fire and blood, that kind of thing. Um, which is why he gives her the dragon. Um, oh. And... Uh, yeah, that... You lose a challenge, you get a gold. And, you know, vengeance for Elia that has been spoiled, and people are thinking, that could be Red Vengeance. If that is Red Vengeance, and it, it will be loyal, uh, you could use Fealty and the Long Plan to play it for free, which is just going to be so much fun. Now, that's a lot of ifs, but Ooh. I think it is Red Vengeance. It sounds like Red Vengeance. I hope it's Red Vengeance. I love Red Vengeance. So, yeah. You love it, didn't you? I do. I do love it. It's, since I saw it, it's been one of my cool. favourite cards. Go on, then. Peel. It is the sort of card when I first saw it, I started playing, I panicked about the very idea of it for so long. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Yeah. That two influence. Okay, what's your favourite card, Peel? My turn. Uh, Raider from Awkward. Uh, now, this card has been a relatively recent edition. Uh, but is now a standard edition in all Greyjoy decks that I will build. Uh, two strength, one icon, uh, military, it's prized one. While the Raider from Awkward is participating in a challenge, 
characters with more than one icon do not count their strength. Absolutely fantastic. Um, really is an amazing little card. So useful on the defensive as well. If you get attacked by like a eight strength army, just kneel him. Nah, that's not getting through. <laughs> Cancel that. Um, useful for just sneaking around and just you know just giving him a good little shafting while they're not paying attention. Um, it it's it's just it just works for me. I just really enjoy it. Great for getting through unopposed military, which is always useful if you want to get through unopposed other things. Nice. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's pretty solid. Pop them in, naval and Victorian. Exactly. Raise claim. Bing, bang, boosh. So, yeah, thanks for coming. Yep. (laughs) That'll be a three claim military, please. (laughs) So, what's your favourite card beginning with R? It is Risen from the Sea. Risen! That's good. I love Risen from the Sea. Yeah. Save a Greyjoy character from being killed, uh, then put Risen on them as an attachment, and I get plus one strength. Um, saves against burn. Does providing the providing the burn takes you to a zero, um, dead on a zero. Um, worth its weight in absolute gold. I have never built a Greyjoy deck where it hasn't been the first card I put in triplicate. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's pretty and good. I never will. <laughs> no, not even a Makes second edition. Sense. No, never. It's coming back. Yeah, it's already here. Back. Yeah. yeah. They changed the art, which is just irritating. Yeah, what does it? What's the art? Is it better or worse? Let's have a look. I think, it's <laughs> I think it's better, but it's not the point. Oh no, the art is definitely better. Yeah, the art is definitely better in the second. I don't like this artwork. He's got like a little quiff and loads of lightning. Ridiculous. Now the other one's being reborn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like the new one a lot. I hope they bring back the monocons uh, into second edition. Because that was a fun little pack they brought out. Monocon for each house. Like, oof. There's a lot of monocons naturally in each house now, like, without the ability. Um, yeah. So they, won't, they wouldn't be too powerful, but they would still be pretty damn good. Uh, they may have to wait until they've got prized back or something similar, similar though. Mm. So they're not so crazy good. Because, yeah, the prize does is kind of like the double-edged sword. But at the same time, if you're going to sacrifice him, the prob- chances are you've got a little chud you can get rid of instead. Like a raven or something. Yeah, and they're only prized one. While we're on the subject of R cards, I have noticed this start card, which I've never seen before, that's caught my eye in a substantial way. Um, in regards to building kind of decks and the whole deck building thing we're chatting about at the moment, I've noticed the Raven Tree Elite which are a uh, six-cost, six-strength start card. Uh, no attachments and stealth. While each house Tully character you control gains immune to opponents' triggered effects while they are participating in a challenge. Uh, now that, to me, sounds quite fun, personally. That's all well and good. good. Apart from the fact that you're paying for a six-cost character in Stark. Mm, true. They are is, aloof apart from They are form. aloof. I don't think I'll bother uh, all the same. Like how many good? There are a lot of good House Tully characters, but the, the Blackfish, Blackfish is a Tully. Yeah, he's good. Mm, he's fantastic. The Monocorn is a Tully. It is. Is he? The Fat Riverland Hunter. Yeah. Ooh. He's very good at hunting. He's eaten lots yeah. and lots of deers. He's <laughs> loving it. A tubby fucker. 